0: What's up, Profitable Public Speaking listeners? Mark Coberti, the podcasting coach here, helping people launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And one of the big things we have to do as public speakers is become more confident in our ability to deliver great presentations, in our ability to sell on the stage and do everything on the business side of public speaking. And to build that confidence, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, She's a multi-passionate entrepreneur, author, speaker, and blogger who is dedicated to helping millennials create a business around their passion so they can leave the nine to five behind. So our guest for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Vanessa Gaora. Vanessa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. It's great to be here.
0: Vanessa, I'm so happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast, and confidence is such a key area for public speaking. It's the foundation, and we'll be talking a little bit about stage fright. I know we've done that a little bit before, uh, but I feel like confidence isn't just about stage fright. It's also about uh, being able to sell. It's about being able to engage with all the attendees, so plenty to get into. Before we do that though, Vanessa, can you just share with us a little on how you became a public speaker and what being a public speaker means to you?
1: Um, well, to be honest with you, like I was always shy as a kid, you know, when it came to being on stage, it always used to terrify me. And, you know, growing up, I wanted to change that. But every time I would go onto the stage, I would just choke, you know? I would either, you know, tumble on the stairs or just embarrass myself. So when I went to high school, you know, I I tried my best to be a public speaker, but I would fail at it. And then after I graduated, I vowed that when I went to university, I would actually give it a shot. So what happened was there was a competition in the first year of university. And, you know, I just said to myself, let me just try it out. The worst that could happen is I embarrassed myself in front of my teachers and that's it. So I remember going into class, you know, and I already crafted my speech and I spent days perfecting it. So then they asked me to do my speech and I did it. And the whole time I was so nervous, I could literally hear my heartbeat and my knees were shaking. And I just, I honestly thought i failed at it. Then when I finished my speech and all that stuff, I left. I got an email a few days later saying that I actually had gone through to the final rounds because they were about two rounds. Yeah, it was awesome. And I didn't think that me of all people would go through that because, you know, I was terrible (laughs) at public speaking and generally just, I was just that really shy, awkward kid. Didn't really understand you know, my purpose or my plan. And I just, I, I couldn't be confident. So after that, I was like, okay, fine. You know, so I, the competition was um, in a week. So I spent a week perfecting my speech. And then the day came and I was a nervous wreck. You know, I had the shakes, I had butterflies in my stomach. I just was, I was just an absolute mess. So when they called my name to do my speech, I went up on stage. And I remember looking down at all these people and I'm thinking to myself, how do I get over my fear? You know, that saying where, you know, they they tell you that, you know, you should imagine your audience as chocolate bars or naked. Right.
0: I've heard of that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. It does not work. No, it doesn't because you're standing there and you know, you can't get out of your head. So you can't really imagine people as chocolate bars or even, you know, naked. So I tried that and it didn't work. And I was still really nervous. And I thought to myself, okay, fine. Who's the best speaker that I know? And the one thing, when I was doing my speech, the one person I researched was a great orator was Martin Luther King, you know? And I was like, okay, fine. Let me try my best to be like him, to say the speech like him. So that's what I did. And um, I was so nervous as I looked, you know, across the room, my knees were shaking, but I did my speech. And surprisingly enough, I actually didn't really look at my cards when I was doing the speech. So after, you know, I finished, I walked downstairs and I waited to hear who, you know, who won the competition, who came first, second place. And I thought I came third place. So they did the whole run up thing and all that stuff. And then they called me and I won the gold medal for speaking. Mind you, this was like the people that were in the stage, were um, in the crowd, were diplomats, you know, and people from countries like France, they were international, because I was at an international school. So all of that was a little nerve wracking and it was shocking to find out that I actually came first place. And that's sort of like the day public speaking changed for me. I stopped being afraid of it. You know, I stopped hesitating because I realized that preparation, is one of the most important things when it comes to being a good public speaker.
0: Yep. Yeah, preparation is certainly key. And I mean, uh, the, just like giving talks, uh, you, you get better each time and that confidence grows. Uh, for you, it was that big experience that allowed you to turn it around. But you still say, even during that big experience where you did get first place, uh, that there was still some anxiety leading up to it so can you share with us how you got rid of that anxiety and became a confident public speaker uh to where you are now like how you got to this level
1: i think it's it's more to do with um how you perceive yourself because anxiety you know it escalates due to your low self-belief you know if you believe in yourself that you can do something then you can do it and I think, for me at the time, because I spent so many times preparing myself, and not just both physically for the day, but mentally, you know, I would watch motivational videos, I would listen to podcasts where they kept on saying that you know you believe whatever you think you believe. You know, there's that um that famous saying by Confucius that says that what you believe is what you will do, you know? Like whatever you believe in your mind is what you end up believing. And that's what happens with a lot of us. You know, we, we're so self-conscious because we think to ourselves that, no, I can't do this. But the honest truth is, if we start actually believing that, yeah, we can do it, then it, that anxiety, that fear sort of slips. It doesn't obviously go overnight, but it takes time. But the more you keep f- fueling your mind and saying to yourself, I believe that I can do this. I believe I can do this. I believe I can do this. Eventually, with time, you'll be able to actually do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and uh, I really believe the subconscious. Like, if you keep write, if you like write down, like, I am, I am, like, I am, like a successful, confident speaker. uh, Your subconscious is gonna play that tape, and you're gonna be a successful public speaker in the future. Uh, One of the things I do want to talk about is like being a confident public speaker. Like There are people who they can go on the stage, give a talk confidently, believe that they're material, but I feel like from a business side, uh, people may not be as confident, like being able to sell from the stage, uh, being able to believe that their offer is worth something and convincing themselves of their own value. Uh, So I'm wondering, how can we get more confident uh, when it comes to selling something on the stage and mingling with attendees and telling them about our offers?
1: I think personally, to, um, it's all about your why, why you're doing it. Because when you know the reason why you're doing something, it's easy to sell you know, anything. You know It's why car, you know, car salesmen are the best because they believe that that car is great you know they believe that car can change your life so when you go to them they're so confident because they understand why they're doing it so at the end of the day it's all to do with why you're doing it what's your purpose why what's your motivation because if you if it's not strong enough then no matter what you want to do you'll never be able to sell anything you know like um growing up the hardest thing for me was finding my purpose finding my why because you know i've got adhd so i struggled with school i struggled learning things i struggled even graduating high school was a struggle for me even doing anything with my life was a struggle so eventually with time i realized that my why my purpose was basically telling people that you know you can create the dream you want you can create the life you want because of my experience you know and i believe so much in that ex that you know that message that why that I can tell someone that no, this will change a life because it changed mine. My life completely changed when I started realizing that, you know, I could make a difference. I could make an impact despite how many people, you know, in school and in life, told me I couldn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, that's that's the reason why a lot of people aren't confident because they don't believe enough in their dreams. You know, they have to have a strong why, a strong backing behind whatever they do.
0: Yeah, that that is a really great point. Uh, that why, like if we think about why we're offering what we're offering, then your confidence is either going to fade right away because it's not a good why, or like your why is really good, you want to impact people, you feel like this study that can change people's lives, and then that gives you more confidence. Uh, I feel like if you stand behind your product, if you're proud of what you offer, if you acknowledge yourself as the expert you are you will definitely have more confidence when it comes to sharing the different offers that you may share, uh, depending on the speaking gig and also when uh, talking with the attendees uh, before and after their presentation. So uh, definitely really great insights from Vanessa where we think about that why. And one of the things I want to address is habits. And I feel like habits, they really make or break us because uh, like they're just things that we do uh, not knowing or not thinking too much about um, that can really derail us or really allow us to grow. So I'm wondering Vanessa if you could share with us some of your habits that you say really contributed to you becoming a successful public speaker.
1: Um, I think in anything that you do, habits, you know, make or break you like you said, you know. And I I don't think it just goes towards, you know, public speaking thinking in anything in life. And if you want to be successful, you know, you have to change your habits. For me, personally, I had terrible habits. I would sleep late and wake up really late, like I would wake up at 4 a.m. And normally when I'd wake up, you know, um, not even 4 a.m., sorry, um, 5 p.m., you know, like during the holidays, that's usually the time. I would sleep at 12, then wake up at 5 p.m. And what usually would happen with that, I would be so groggy, so lazy that I wouldn't do anything. And, you know, whatever you do, like the smallest thing that you do in your life can actually, you know, reach out. Like it's like a ripple effect. So waking up late, it might have seemed to me that, no, it wasn't going to do anything to me. But studies show that the earlier you wake up, you know, the more alert you are, the better you think, you know, the, the more productive you are. You know and it affects you from the beginning so for me personally i think one of the best habits that i started to implement was waking up early so i sleep usually around 7 a.m. and then wake up at about 2 a.m wow. and already my mind it, i mean it's it's it sounds hard right now but the more i well when i started to do it you know it was difficult but then the more i did it it became better it became you know so that's the thing earlier you wake up the more prepared you are for the day and that's what happened with me like I would wake up really early I would start writing down the things I want to do I would start you know reading books listening to podcasts early in the morning and already I'm already prepared for the day so motivation wise I'm like okay you know I can do this I can do this I can do that and even in terms of limiting beliefs, because I had problems with my limiting beliefs. You know, I would think that I wouldn't mount anything that I, you know. And the more I started waking up early, you know, the more that changed. It was like a shift in my mind. So instead of thinking negatively about a situation, I would think positively. So no matter what happened in my life, I was like, okay, I can do this. And another thing I started implementing was um, Marcus Arias' stoicism. You know, I started believing, well, not believing, but I stopped telling myself, okay, if I can't change anything, why should I struggle about it? Because a lot of our days or our time is spent worrying about things we cannot solve, you know, whether it's on the road or whether it's, you know, something at work or whether it's at home. So when you focus all on that, you end up losing your energy and your motivation because, you know, you're so focused on the wrong things. And another thing is eating healthy and drinking lots of water. And a lot of us don't do that, you know, (laughs) right.
0: Oh yeah. So many people miss out on that.
1: Yeah. So many people miss out on that and eating junk food. A lot of the times you think, Oh, junk food is good, but you know, junk food doesn't really help you. You know, I mean, of course, once in a while, you know, but a lot of us tend to eat junk food almost every day or too much and That in itself doesn't help us, not only because of our health, but also because of our mental well-being. You know, I I noticed when I would eat McDonald's that the first thing I would do would be sleep or I'd be too groggy to think about anything else, you know?
0: Mm.
1: Because, you know, your your body is struggling to digest this food, so there's not enough energy left for you to think properly. So, yeah, those are basically you know, the habits I implemented, plus also writing down things in my journal, you know, I would write down, okay, what I want to accomplish tomorrow, what I want to do, you know, next month, and watching a lot of motivational videos and listening to a lot of motivational podcasts, that also helps because with anything in life, you need to train your, your mental health, you need to train your thoughts, you know, you need to say to yourself, okay, fine, if I listen to Like, for example, your podcast, right? If I listen to it, you know, I'm already changing the way I think. You know, I'm already putting my mind in, well, putting my shoes in other people's shoes, you know? So, yeah.
0: Those are some really great habits. Um, I'm definitely a big advocate for all of those. Wake up early. it's something I do. Uh, Eating healthy, drinking, those are things I pay attention to because I'm a runner, and learning like me doing these interviews i've learned a lot from people like vanessa and all the other people who come on my show uh one of the things i do want to really talk about though is you went from waking up at 5 p.m to getting to bed at 7 p.m and waking up at 2 a.m can you talk a little bit on how you're able to make that shift because it's really impressive that you've changed your schedule around so you can wake up at two AM and get that whole part of the morning bookend.
1: Well, you know, it wasn't easy to be honest with you. It was it was a struggle because I know a lot of people struggle with waking up early and I was one of those people. I just could not wake up. I would have like about five alarms and I would just not, you know, listen to them. So with me personally, um because of my ADHD, waking up is difficult. So I put usually five alarms, but I also noticed with really generally um, that I wake up the best at certain times. So I had to move things around and say, okay, fine, if I sleep at this time, what time it' will wake up? So I realized that I do best if I sleep between the period of seven to nine. Anything past that, I do not wake up early. I would, I would say I, would not, I don't wake up at 2 a.m. I'll probably wake up around, um, 5 a.m but before that I can't be so I think it's more to do with just training yourself and deciding what works best for you because not every you know we're not all alike you know a lot of people go and say okay yeah you sleep at this time but certain people you know they don't their body does not work according to that time that time period so it's all about testing the waters and trying to see what works and what doesn't work for you So with me, that's what I did. I spent like two years testing different time slots and saying, okay, fine. If I slept this time, what would happen? And I also think the best thing that happened for me was not eating a lot in the evening. Hmm. A lot of people don't tell you that. The more you eat in the evening, the harder it is to wake up early because your body has spent so much energy trying to digest this food that you don't have enough energy to wake up early.
0: Hmm good point. Yeah. And I mean, it is great. Vanessa mentioned she did experiment to figure out the times that work for her. I'm not telling you all to wake up at 2am or 5am or like some super early time because it doesn't work for everybody. But I feel like for a lot of people, it's a great skill to have that ability where if you have to grind one day and you gotta wake up at 2 a.m. or whatever super early time you have the ability to make that happen so really awesome stuff from uh, Vanessa and uh, for people who are wondering how can we continue following your work where are some places we could find you
1: um that's great I've actually got a blog um it's vanessagora.com and I've also got a free Facebook group So right now I'm actually doing a free 30-day challenge where I help, you know, millennials and anyone who's interested in building a side business so that they can actually, you know, create the life they want. Because I feel like that's really important in this day and age for us to create something that is going to sustain us, you know, in the future.
0: Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing those resources. All of those will be in the show notes. Also, throw the link to schedule a free strategy coffee if you want to figure out how to grow your public speaking, how to start a podcast that makes you money, how to make money with your content in general. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways we could work together if you're interested. So, slash strategy, or just text the word strategy to 31996. But once again, Vanessa, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time to be on Profitable Public Speaking.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a great experience.